Okay, so today we were going to talk about some, uh, you know, some of the more affordable loan options uh, that are available to buyers and and how they've changed, you know, over the last couple of years. Um, so let's start with uh, the USDA loans. So let's explain to people what that is because it kind of sounds like a meat product. It's it's the uh, we call it the where's the beef loan in the office because you know got that, that USDA grade A kind of branding on it. But <laughs> essentially uh, what that loan program is, it's a, it's a program designed for rural areas. So out here in the Antelope Valley, that might be like Antelope Acres, uh, Rosemond, um, most of Kern County, Cal City, Mojave, all that. If you go the other way, you can actually get out toward like Pear Blossom and Lake LA, you're good there. Um, you're not gonna be good in Quartz Hill or Lancaster at least west, you know, the, the immediate West Lancaster or Palmdale, those are all going to be, you know, too congested to be okay on the program. Um, but for those that are looking for maybe something just a little outside of those lines, then uh, that program affords somebody 100% financing. So there's no down payment required. And it's got a bunch of cool little features. So, yeah, I thought it would be good to kind of go over some of that, you know, for those that have never heard of the program, for one, and then um, you know, those that have heard of it kind of toying around with, you know, is it beneficial or not? Then we can kind of unpack some of that and, you know, go into uh, where the where the little uh, magic gems are. And one of them happens to be the interest rates on those programs are really, really attractive right now. So, yeah, they're they're really attractive. Right. And and the fact that you can go 100 percent financing, you know, and not be a veteran is amazing. Right. Right. And, you know, with FHA and the down payment assistance programs that they have, like they still exist if you have amazing credit and all of that, but they're not as cheap as the USDA loan is either, right? Right. Yeah. So, so one of the difference on an FHA loan to kind of compare that, because they're very similar in terms of, you know, maybe where they price out, the USDA has a little bit of an edge on uh, a fee called a a guarantee fee. It's kind of like FHA's mortgage insurance fee. It's a little cheaper on the USDA. Um, but if you wanted 100% financing with an FHA loan, you have to go in and request some kind of subordinate financing. So it might be like a down payment assistance program that gets layered with the FHA loan. Um, but on most of those programs, you're, you're paying that back at some point, whether you refinance down the road or you're going to uh, Know, maybe you're going to sell the house down the road. You may have that that second mortgage that is kind of out there in limbo, and it may not require any payments, but it does eventually get paid back. There are a few that are what they call a grant or a gift, where they never get paid back. However, you got to hold on to those loans for a period of time, and most of the interest rates on those are quite a bit higher than what you're going to see, you know, with like USDA or, or just a standard FHA. So the advantage to USDA one loan. You don't have to go in and get a separate approval, you know, for the, uh, you know, for the assistance part because it's not there. It's just 100% financing from the gig. Yep. Awesome. Okay, so let's take a look at um, an example. I'd say Rosemond is probably going to be our most prevalent right. uh, area that we deal with USDA loans in. Um, we just closed one like last week. Um, so yeah, if you have an example of that and what it looks like and. Uh, that way we can show people. Let me see if we can share the screen here. Can you guys see, can you see my screen now? I do for sure. Okay, cool. And, and if you can, I'll, I'll post this link uh, for anybody who wants to check it out. I'll post it in the Facebook um, chat afterwards. But what I did is I took 
off of what we saw for an average sales price in, in the Roseman area. And so I took this 272 purchase price here kind of across the board. Yep. And in this first example, what you're actually seeing right here, this is a USDA loan. It's 100% financing. You'll notice the loan amount is a little higher than the actual sales price that has to do with the USDA guarantee fee. It's kind of like FHA's mortgage insurance fee. They, they finance it in, so you don't have to come out of pocket and pay for it. it gets rolled into the new loan. Here's where it gets real attractive. Look at where the interest rates are right now on a 30-year fix. So Holy smokes. Not an arm. It's a fixed rate loan. You can essentially guarantee that mortgage is not going to change aside from maybe small variance in property taxes or insurance, but at 2.75 is pretty outstanding. And this has kind of been the case across the board. Now, as the FICO score deteriorates, so this is probably somebody that has a little higher FICO, but if they had maybe some hiccups along the way and they got a 660 or a 653 or something like that, you can still get that same rate. It just may cost a little bit more. You may have to buy it down a little bit, but even if you're at 3% or 3.1, I mean, that's outstanding on a fixed rate program that does not have a down payment. Literally so, historic lows. That's the lowest we've this ever is a historic. So this is a great example of a historic low payment. Um, and again, on a program that's hundred percent finance. And so, so let's kind of show you what it looks like here. And then I'll kind of show you what I did to, to show you some other comparisons here. So, so 2.75, that payment on a 272 purchase, it's going to come in real close to about 1553. Okay. That payment includes property taxes and it's going to include insurance and it has their guarantee fee or their mortgage insurance fee as well. So this is a complete payment, uh, property taxes, insurance included, you know, right around $1,500. And to be completely honest, um, you're not finding a lot for rent in that price point. So that, that's why this is so attractive. Like you can own that home, fix your costs, not have to worry about your landlord picking up the phone and calling you in a year going, Hey, I'm either going to sell the house or going to keep your rent up to like $1,800. Yeah. Um, so th this is really, really attractive for somebody who maybe is a little bit sensitive to what their, uh, their monthly is. They want to secure it, kind of lock it down and have that peace of mind that, Hey, my housing cost is fixed and yeah. what I pay. Um, You'll see here, I also kind of ran in, so it does show some cash to close. It's not a down payment, but what I did run here is I just ran a quick example of what to expect maybe from a closing cost standpoint. And, and that includes like the appraisal. It's including uh, any lender cost, escrow, title of the notary, uh, recording fees. It's also got in there a good chunk of money, at least on this estimate here, about $2,600 worth is covering what we call prepaids. That's your property taxes that get collected up front. It's your first year of insurance uh, plus a couple month pad. And then on the uh, the USDA loan, they, they, that monthly guarantee or their MI or their mortgage insurance, they collect two months on that at closing. So I included that as well. So now here's a trick with closing costs. We're in a competitive market. You may not always get the seller to go in and say, I'll go ahead and pay that for you. But maybe they're willing to pay a portion. So maybe you split it. Maybe the seller pays a little, you pay a little. Maybe you already have that amount of money. Um, yeah. And here's another little little secret hack for the USDA program is, let's say you're buying that house at 272 and it appraises for you know 290. As long as it appraises for more than what you're buying it for and it has enough room for the cost, you can roll those closing costs into that purchase. So not a lot of people know that, it's a secret hack. It's a, it's a very special feature of the USDA program. Um, so we've done these loans for people that got a little higher on the uh, bid on the appraisal, literally came out of pocket with nothing. 
they, and no seller assistance either. They just, all the closing costs, everything got financed into the one deal. Yeah, that's fantastic for sure. And I've, I've noticed with the last few USDA loans that we had um, on ones that I represented the seller on even, um, when we got the appraisals on there, you know, they, they were, they did come in a few grand higher. I mean, usually for appraisals, we usually see them come in right at the selling price. Um, you know, not, not a couple, you know, you know, not like 30 grand over. Right. But, um, you know, last few of them were a few grand. And so if it came in 5,000 high, that would eat, you know, you'd bring your closing costs down to 2,600 bucks, right. Which is amazing. And, you know, helps everybody out with that. Exactly. So if you're looking at, you know, renting and you said, okay, well, I'm going to rent a place for 15 or $1,600. Most landlords want first month, they want last and they want a security deposit. So you're already going to spend around five grand just to move into a rental, really close to that number out of the gate on a, on a purchase. Yeah, that's, that's true. So it's, you know, we're back to a point again, where it's, you know, almost the same cost to rent as it is to own, but then you get all of the freedoms of the ownership. Like you said, we don't have to worry about the landlord coming in and selling out from underneath of you or jacking your rent up. Um, you get the tax write-offs, which are awesome. And then you get the freedoms of painting the walls, whatever color you want, because nobody's going to yell at you, right? And nobody's telling you what to do with that place. Exactly. And on the flip side, I mean, over time, you know, that's your fixed cost. So let's just assume that real estate prices stayed here and never changed, right? In 30 years, you know that you're paid off and you at least have built up some kind of an asset at some point. If they do change along the way, which they most likely will at some point in the next 30 years, you get that equity gain, right? Where a rental, you're just paying the landlord's note and, uh, and they love you for that because you know, you're paying down the mortgage form. Yeah, you're building their savings account, not yours. Right. So one more thing I wanted to show you guys on this. So here's where it gets really, really interesting. If I, if I go back to last year, assuming the sales price is exactly the same, it was about 2% higher on interest rates. So 4.75. If I use that number, same sales price, same loan program, that monthly payment's closer to 18, mid 18s. I got 18.65 on the screen there. It's $311 cheaper today than it was last year. And that's mainly just because of the you know, the unfortunate COVID-19 impacting where mortgage-backed securities are, and it's helping to keep us at these record lows. So I ran a number on that. I also wanted to kind of see, like, what, what happened? What would you have to have spent last year to have that same payment you do today? So somewhere right around the mid-15s, you would have had to buy, if the rates were the same last year, right, because they were 4.75 roughly on, on a program like this, you would have had to have bought for 225 so it's a little over 15% different in sales price to get that same exact or really close to the same uh, payment that you see today. And you're going up in purchase price, 52 grand. It's huge. Yeah, that's massive. And, and spoiler alert, prices didn't go up in Roseman by $50,000 in the last 12 months. So that's mostly all affordability right there. And it's just, a, you know, again, like I keep saying that we're in this rare season of opportunity for buyers and sellers. Um, you know, so like you said, that that payment is for buyers, it's allowing them to be $311 cheaper. But for sellers, it's also been what has allowed prices to come up the amount that they have because buyers can afford it still. 
And, and right now, you know, the sales prices are higher than they were last year and the buyer's payments are lower even at the higher sales price. And so it's a win-win for both sides. It's, we're really, you know, doing what we can with, with the conditions we're in and, you know, we're going to come out of it smelling like a rose. It looks like. Yeah. I mean, so this, this right here, the reason I ran this is it's really a good tell as to why we're seeing real estate prices kind of stay the same, or in some cases there's bidding wars on these properties in the midst of like, you know, what's going to go down in history is a pretty significant pandemic. Right. Yep. But it's because there's, there's a lot of room to the upside simply because the affordability has changed with the rates and that's making, you know, a simple payment like a 220 or 272 purchase in California is considered hyper cheap. And you're, you're saving $311 a month versus last year, same program. It's massive, big, 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 big difference. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, that's an example with Rosemond. And Rosemont's probably on the lower side of pricing uh, for the areas that are USDA. I mean, you know, Antelope Acres is probably going to average, you know, closer to 375 or 400. Um, so that that $300 a month might get up to $450 a month cheaper this year versus last year. Right. That's a that's a crazy savings. I mean, that's most people's car payments. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I mean. 311 is, is pretty significant, especially now. I think a lot of people are feeling uh, what their budgets are and what they should be. And if you could save $311 today, I mean, that'd be pretty significant. So um, just using that again as an example, I mean, it really supports why we're seeing such momentum in housing, why we don't think housing's really going to roll back significantly. I mean, it would have to go back 15, over 15% reduction in value to get you to the same monthly payment, that's unlikely to occur overnight. You know, yeah. if there were some, you know, foreclosure activity, which there probably will be after all of this, not a ton, but there will be. There's so many backstops in place on that; it's going to push those foreclosures out. You're talking years down the road. So any gain that we have along the way, you have to you have to roll back that much further to really make up that difference. So, um, I'll I'll put a, a link to the to the USDA uh, map where you can actually type in a property, see if it's eligible for this program. This is, this is not necessarily a first time buyer program either. So you can own a home in the past. You just can't own a home right now. So if you sold your house yesterday, you could potentially qualify for that. Now there are some catches to it. You do have an income limit, so you can't earn more than X. There, there's a, a calculation that we have to do. Um, so if you're earning, you know, a higher income earner, you may, you may phase out of this specific program. Also, if you have the means to make a 20% down payment, you're going to phase out even if you meet the income limit. So for example, if you had 50 or 60 grand sitting in the bank, and you're like, I want hundred percent financing. I'm going to keep all that cash. Um, this probably is not the program for you. We, we kind of set our sights on something different, but for those that maybe are considering a down payment assistance program or have been uh, on the fence or sitting on the sidelines because they're saving three and a half or five percent for a down payment. This is a good place to kind of look if it fits the the area that you're looking to move into. And you'd be surprised at some of the areas. Um, I think you know you and I had mentioned uh, there there is a couple little secret spots. Castaic is 100% financing. It qualifies for the USDA program. You think Castaic, you go, oh, those sales prices are too high. There's no way you're going to get this kind of program. 
it works. So you, you, you got to run the address. You got to look at the map. There's a little heat map tells you what works, what doesn't. Um, this is a program to kind of pay attention to. Yeah, that's awesome for sure. Um, in the comments, somebody uh, said, you know, in a month ago, people were saying that we would never see rates under 3%. And that's because we had never seen them before, right? And in the economy, uh, well, let's say the, the housing market is doing so phenomenally right now that from our perspective on just housing, like there's no reason for rates to go down, right? Like before the government had stimulated and brought the rates down in order to boost the housing market because you know it's the foundation of the economy, um, but we're on fire right now. And yeah, there was no logical reasoning that would say that we would see lower rates now than we ever have in the past. I mean, you had a, it's a weird roller coaster. So you got to look back and say, okay, what happened? You know, let's, let's go all the way back to end of February, early March. Those were the record lows. And, and like on a USDA program, if I remember back then, I mean, we were seeing like three flat and we thought, oh my gosh, three flat steel, take it. Which is, it's still a great, a great rate. Um, a couple of weeks into that, that same program had like moved up almost a percent, percent and a half, and it probably had some cost around with it too, because that's when the, in the early stages of this whole COVID thing, um, there was no liquidity. So the banks literally had no idea where they were going to offload these loans, who was going to buy these mortgage-backed securities after we funded the loan to get them off their line. They had no idea who it was going to be. Well, it ended up being the Fed. The Fed said, look, we, we'll, we got an unlimited checkbook. We're just going to buy them all up and, and we're going to backstop you guys. So you keep flowing that money out, keep, you know, want to keep that sector moving. And then it became the next step of the problem was, okay, well, we got the feds buying these loans, but now we got forbearances. So, man, if, if somebody goes into forbearance right away, now the feds saying, yeah, well, you guys are on the line for that. And there's been some recent changes on that too, to where they, they've come back and say, yeah, we realized that was a problem too. We, did, we needed time to kind of figure out the mechanics behind it and fix it, but they fixed it in such a way that it's, it's opening up the, the market. It's kind of like opening the floodgates to these hyper low interest rates, you know, this environment. So, so basically it was always kind of there. There were just some pretty big hedges and pads in place. And the consumer wasn't seeing all of it because their bank had to put a little off to the side to kind of offset potential losses and some of the losses that they did sustain through some of these early, um, early weeks of the pandemic. But um you know, speaking of the, the forbearance, you know, not to get too much off topic, but um, I think last week we might have talked about people doing refis. And if you're in, in forbearance, uh, the current rules are saying you got to wait 12 months, have a 12 month payment history to, to be okay there. Um, some of the recent comments are saying, okay, well, it's not 12 months now. It's actually going to be uh, get back on time, make three payments. Now you're good. Now you can actually go on and refinance. So, um, wow. so some big, big changes we're seeing. Um, still some more development on that so look in the you know coming weeks coming months for more guidance on that but it's it's really it seems like there's going to be a lot of uh intelligent thought behind all this not just you know to, to reference uh the last time we saw anything devastating for housing was 2008 and if we reference that that was like hey let these loans go back to the bank nobody cares about them uh just have massive foreclosures Nobody really wants that. And so what they're doing is they're creating ways to keep the keep people in their house, um, not destroy their credit so that they have no other option other than like a bankruptcy or something like that. 
Um, so they've, they've done actually a pretty good job of getting out in front of it. Mm-hmm. What they did though, is they came out and they said, hey, we're going to do all these cool things. And then they didn't tell like the major players, which is the bank, like, Hey, well, how are you guys impacted by it? And so banks had no idea. Now they're getting a little bit more uh, clarity on what's going to happen to them. And it looks like it's alleviating some of the risk. And so for the consumer, it's actually a really good. Thing. I think it's going to be, you know, I think we'll pull through this pretty well. Um, you know, and if, if anything, if, you know, jobs are on the line or income's not kind of flowing like it was last year. Um, but you've got peace of mind knowing that your housing's not at risk. I mean, that, that's huge. So I think they've done a good job that way. Yeah, for sure. And the fact that they've redone it to where, you know, the three months instead of 12, like right before this, I got off a call with a client and we were just talking about that. And I was like, 12, that's going to be a big deal, especially for all the people who don't understand the position they got themselves into. And if they're moving out of state, which is what this guy was doing, you know, I was like, they, you know, and he wasn't talking about going into forbearance, but I was like, imagine if you were and you were going out of state and you got there and, you know, you thought everything was peachy. You've got a great credit score. You got a ton of money from your house right. and you want to go buy a place and they laugh at you because you had a blank spot on your mortgage history. And he was like, wow, like that's, that's scary. I was like, yeah, so hopefully they correct that pretty quickly, you know, and so good news, they've corrected it down to three months, which should be great. Yeah, that's the current talk is three. Uh, there, there was, so there were a couple of big, big loan servicers um, that actually went into their system and they plugged in uh, on the credit report. We, we started noticing this, we pull credit, we started noticing the same loan servicers would show up here and it would say um, part of natural disaster uh, natural affected by natural disaster, something along those lines. Okay. And essentially what those servicers did is they, they took their whole book, their whole portfolio, every client in their system, and they put them all into a forbearance. Now you can still be in that forbearance, but this wasn't a voluntary opt-in clients just were in there. Those who are still making their payment, they're fine because we can show that they've been making their payment, even though they got that terminology on the credit report. Um, but they had taken in so many phone calls every day. They just couldn't, couldn't handle it. So they just went click <laughs> like across the board. Everybody's in a forbearance. Yeah. And then some of them even got creative and they name it different things. Like they're, they're calling, they're not calling it a forbearance. They're calling it like a break, a three month break. It's a, it's a forbearance, but yeah. Uh, and then they're sending payments. So now what we're seeing is people that opted in like you know, March or April, they're getting letters in the mail saying, Hey, by the way, uh, you know, Mr. April, Mr. May, June, but so July rolls around, Remember, you got four payments coming due, and and that start we're starting to get those phone calls like, hey, what's, what's this look like? You know, can you explain this to us? So, um, so we're seeing servicers, you know, come out of uh, come out of the woodworks with these these just kind of shocking letters, and I think they assumed it's all going to get thrown on the back end of the loan, but you know, at the moment it's not. Although there is some talk that uh, the government loans, like a, a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loan, those may eventually just across the board uh, take that, that forbearance. Um, amount that's due and for some people that meet a specific criteria they're going to toss it on the back of the line it's not 100 percent, but that's the rumor right now without you know if, if that happens the way that we think it is right now and they'll do that you think without requiring any kind of loan modification or refinance like they'll just passively do that mm-hmm. yeah i mean there, there'll be a mod there'll be some recorded documentation obviously to kind of state and, and uh, explain what mm-hmm. that is and, and explain you know hey the is the interest being deferred? Or are you paying the interest? Like, how is that going to work? But um, yeah, they'll, they'll kind of dodge some of the payments potentially. Um, it's not it's not done yet. It's not passed. But that's the rumor right now. 
that's awesome. And the reason why I asked about the loan mod is because like typically you have to requalify for those loan mods and with the forbearance, if you've got blank spots, you know, do you not qualify now? Like, and I was thinking like that might become a big problem for people as well. Yeah. So hopefully if they make it kind of a passive action, like I know that they'll have to document it and do all that stuff on the back end, but hopefully they don't have to requalify for those, but yeah, we'll see. Yep. Yep. So new developments on that, but, but again, kind of going back to, you know, the, the example that we were looking at with the low rates, um, that's the reason why we're seeing it. it it's like the banks now are going, ah, okay, we can breathe. It's a yeah. little, little bit more, um, we got a little more confidence behind us that we're not going to be like eating all these nasty loans and, and on the hook for all these things. So, um, you know, when, which we're grateful for, like, yeah. like, a little like bit of confidence a few weeks ago. Now that the money kind of flows through. So we've already seen it. Um, because rates are low, we've seen pre-approvals really like spike, I would say in the last week and a half. So mm -hmm. this, this home buying season is typically right now, like the whole summer. And I would say probably up until maybe October, November, it's typically pretty busy out this way. Yeah. Um, we don't have these like crazy, you know, winters where everything shuts down for four months or anything. So fortunately in California, it stays pretty busy. Um, I think we'll be nice and busy now. I mean, especially having some, some really record lows on, uh, on rates and things like that. I think that's yeah. going to make affordability a lot better. Um, I've noticed some of the pre-approved buyers that we have in the system right now. Um, we're letting them know kind of what's going on. Well, they're coming back saying, okay, I was pre-approved for 450 on a purchase. What do the numbers look like now? And then we're running and they're like, oh yeah, I want to move it up to like 480. I want to move to 500. So they're, they're actually, because of the payment, mm -hmm. they're taking that uh, max purchase price that they're comfortable with and they're stepping it up a little bit higher. And so, yeah. you know, again, another reason to, to kind of keep the prices propped up where they're at, not really a, a reason to, to pull them back or retract them anyway. For sure. And to your point, I'm glad that you said that you're seeing a lot more prequels, especially in like the last week, because I've noticed that we've had a huge uptick in showings um, yeah. and we're like, extra aware of them now because the process is a little bit longer to set up the showings um but i think we've received like four or five offers on properties just this morning and you know it was quite well not silent but you know we might have gotten one or two offers in the last week and then like i said we got like four or five this morning right. so it's it's been good and i don't even know how many showings we've set up this morning but like i said we're more aware of them because it's an extra long process, but yeah, it's the market's doing really good. So I'm glad to hear that you're also seeing an uptick in pre-approvals. I think people are tired of being stuck at home and you know, maybe they want a new home to be stuck at. Right. Yeah. So a couple of the pre-approved buyers from this morning where it was interesting. Uh, one was a relocation from another state. Hmm. Never seen the house, never even been to, to Lancaster, but they're moving out this way. And so they're, they're writing offers on a house and that they've literally never walked into and it's all virtual. Yeah. Um, so right on the back of that was another pre-approval pre and the person had, had lived here forever. I mean, they, they, they know the area. So they've never walked in that house either. So they're, they're actually viewing it the same way. One person out of state, one person local. Um, and they're both doing virtual tours and all that. And they're like, yeah, we've virtual toured 10 homes today and this is the one we want. So they're writing the offer on it. And, um, it's crazy to think, you know, you go out and, and do it sight and scene, but virtual tours are, they're pretty good. I mean, they kind of show you around and show exactly what it's yeah. like. You can kind of Google map and drive the neighborhood if you really wanted to. It's, it's yeah. pretty neat. 
yeah, I'm glad the market's finally catching up to us. I mean, we've we've had that 3D tour camera for five or six years, right? <laughs> well, and so probably funny the story. serial number is like one of the. Uh, I think it probably says beta on it. You know, it's one of the early ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so funny with that, like you and I both purchased our homes right around the same time. Right. And we had the opposite problems. Like yours had a ton of gorgeous pictures, but we couldn't figure out the layout of the house without seeing it. Right. Right. And mine had like five pictures and right. that did a, you know, nobody any good. And so that that's kind of what created, you know, the desire for me to get that camera back then. But I'm glad that it's finally catching up with everybody else five, six years later. But anyway, yeah, I think like if I were buying a home today, I, to be honest, I'd probably lose a ton of time just playing around in those little dollhouse views and diving into the bedroom, like look through the bathroom and stuff. It's, I, I would spend a lot more time looking at the home than I would like usually you pull up the pictures and you kind of click through and you see the front of the house, you see the kitchen, a couple other shots inside and you check out the backyard and move on to the next one. Yeah. These I'm, I've noticed that like when I do look at them, I'm, I'm kind of walking through it. I'm like taking a little stroll with my coffee. Like, hey, so check out the kid's room over here. Look at that room. You know, you're, you're actually checking out the entire house. And it's just like you're walking in it. Yeah. And I don't know if people are like starting them and walking away from their computers or what, but we can see the analytics on the back end. Um, and like the average like property view for that is like 38 minutes. And so yeah. to your so point earlier, you're like, yeah, I'd spend a couple seconds, click through a few pictures, you know, see the price. Yeah, maybe not this one, go next. But, you know. That's what I'm saying. I'd burn a bunch of time minutes. on that. I would look, you know, if I were seriously looking at three different houses, yep. I, I could see spending a half an hour on each one of them, just kind of like looking through and scrolling up and down and panning left and right and you know, checking out the stain in the carpet and all that stuff. You could see it all on the camera. Yeah, well, and especially now, like they just added a new feature for ours where you can you can measure, like you can click and like you can measure out the countertops and you can mm -hmm. measure how tall it is. And yeah. Oh, that's yeah. pretty cool. With how much remodeling we do, that, that would up that time as well. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right, man. Well, thank you again for your time um, and going over the USDA loans and yeah. how much more affordable they are now versus even just this time last year, let alone versus a lot of the other loan programs. So, it, I mean, it, it's a great you know, viable option for people who don't need to be in the middle of town. Yep. So thank you again for going through that. Um, right. And I don't see any other questions in the comments. So um, if you guys have any, let us know and we will get back to you. And other than that, we will see you next week. All right. Thanks guys. Thanks guys.